It's the first Monday of the month. It's the first Monday of the year, and we're here with our Q&A show. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 226. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show will give you access to the best thinkers, resources, and actions to develop your leadership skills. Happy New Year if you are listening to this uh, right at the start of 2016. And I have back with me my favorite guest of all time, who starts off every show with the production credit, Bonnie Stahoviak. It's funny. I sometimes assign a podcast or two to classes that I teach and the students will go, was that you in the beginning? And I think, yeah, you, I'm, I'm actually, I do more than that sometimes than just say produced by Innovate Learning. Yes, yes, you do. And uh, I am so glad if you're joining us for the first time, we do once a month, the first Monday of the month, uh, take questions from the Coaching for Leaders audience. So if you have a question you would like us to consider for a future Q&A show, coachingforleaders.com slash feedback is where to go. And uh, we have a few today, uh, but uh, I know Bonnie has some uh, words of wisdom before we start. Words of wisdom. Hmm, you were giving me the, you were giving me the, I'm about to say something really profound at the beginning of 2016 to get no, the year started. No. Everybody look. No, no, that wasn't, that wasn't the look. Was I, it just you were going to read the first question? Well, I was just going to say that that we do this once a month and the questions are never easy. No one ever just throws us a softball. So we've got some challenging questions this month, starting with Maurice. And he writes, and I, by the way, his his writing really resonates a lot with me. I like, I like what Maurice has to ask. He's going to challenge us here. Are there any resources out there on energy and leadership? With that, I don't mean the energy which seeps out of you as you struggle through the day, but rather the energy which you project in any given situation. I volunteer at a dog shelter. During that year, I devoured any and all episodes of The Dog Whisperer. I discovered that being aware of one's energy before entering a scene had impact. In this case, on dogs, their reaction to me and their attitude in general. I strongly believe this awareness of one's energetical state impacts humans as well. In February of 2015, I became a dad. Congratulations, Maurice. Being aware of how sensitive small children are, I tried to be conscious of my energy around him as well. It worked, usually in the way he tends to fall asleep in my arms. I found a way to create a pool of calm energy around me. Some might call it centered or grounded. I'm confident that the purposeful use of our inner energy has a deep impact on our environment. This subconscious communication fascinates me hugely. Do you or does Bonnie know of any resources on this topic? Can I just say I didn't start off the year with a bang on this question because this question came in from Maurice and I read it and he could not have been more clear about what he's asking. And I sent back a couple of links on books on managing your energy level throughout the day and like sleep and eating and all those types of things. And he mailed, he was so kind. He mailed back. He's like, <laughs> well, it's not exactly what I was looking for. So I was wondering if you had any other thoughts on it. I completely missed the question. Now that I've read it more carefully, I I, I understand, I think, what you're asking, Maurice. And, and congratulations again on being a dad. It's, it's such an exciting thing in life to do. And 
You know, when I think about energy, I, I do have a few resources, but I also have a couple of thoughts too. And I wish I could remember where I heard this. I don't know if it was a podcast or a book or a speaker, but I, I well remember uh, it's going a few years back where someone was talking about how they just set their energy level to the environment that they're about to walk into. And one of the practices that they had is they had a bucket installed in their garage. You, you can tell me if this sounds familiar, Bonnie. I feel like maybe we heard this together. They had a bucket installed in their garage, and it was at the door to their garage going into the house. And what they would do is they would um, they would drive into their garage after work, and they would mentally stop and throw the keys in the bucket for the car. But they would also take a moment to stop and mentally put all the junk in that bucket from the day, the bad meetings, even the good things that had happened, just to reset and to stop and to take a moment or two. That like that was the their kind of touchstone for reminding them to do that. Is to stop and take a moment too and recenter before they walked into their house and saw the spend time with family and kids. And I ha- I have found that really helpful. I know when I I find myself in the situation when I pick up our son from preschool, is a lot of times the day has been very busy. And so I'm running to pick him up. And depending on how the day's gone, I'm in a various state of either energy, low energy, high energy, things are going well, whatever. And I, I tr- when I stop, which is not always, but when I stop, when I'm walking in and walking past the courtyard, and I take a moment to just stop and think, okay, can I enter into this space at the energy level he's probably at, or at least center myself so I'm, I walk in and I get down to his level and I think about his days, because he doesn't care what the day is that I just experienced. And I think that that for me, I think about this a lot from an analogy of leadership too, of can we, with the people we lead, with customers, can we take a moment before a phone call, before we walk into a meeting to center ourselves and to see if we can appreciate where the other person's coming from? And I, I don't, this still may not be getting to the essence of your question, Maurice, but for me, when I when I read your email better the second time this is what i thought of is like can i just can i get to the place where the other party is as a starting point and then from there can we together go somewhere else um i also have a few book recommendations on this as well too because i think that there's a, a couple authors in particular that based on your question i think might be really helpful but before i go there bonnie anything that that's striking you about this question that that you um that you're thinking in addition to that around energy level and just space and meeting people where they are I think it's really fascinating to me as well. And and this is, a, as I said early on, a subject that resonates with me a lot too. One of the things I work to do, although I'm not particularly good at it, is that when another person is very, very angry and the situation's getting more and more heated, to not try to match that energy level as it escalates, because we can quickly see, I can tell you stories, although I won't necessarily be sharing them on this podcast too specifically, but where I allowed myself to just get into that cycle of where, oh, they're angry, so I'm going to match that anger, and then angry, angry, and and that's not a place that I think a great leader would allow themselves to go. I think a great leader would allow themselves to remain centered and still be able to listen, but almost deflect that negative, angry, ferocious energy that's coming from the other person off of it. That being said, I think that we could potentially at work, I could see 
focusing too much on this more peaceful, more, more, I'm trying to think of the word that you use. You talk about purposeful, you're, you're doing that a lot with the dogs, which I, I grew up with dogs. I was raised with dogs. I can completely understand what you're talking about there. And then of course, with children, creating that calm energy that you want. Sometimes as a leader, I think we need to have the passionate energy and sometimes the passion and the excitement that we have about something special and spectacular that we're doing to serve others in our work is also needed. So I wouldn't want us to think that always the the calmness is going to necessarily get us there as leaders. I would think we would need some of that passion. And one of the first people that I thought of when you were writing is about a man named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And he wrote a book, which I am ashamed to say have not read yet, but I've heard it referenced in every kind of book that you could imagine. I'm surprised I haven't actually gone to the primary source, but it's called Flow. The Psychology of Optimal, and I abbreviated it, and now I can't even read my own writing. Uh, the Psychology of um, I, I'm blanking out. I'll find it in here in just a second. Optimal Experience. That's it. I'll read it one more time. Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. And that would be a wonderful book and resource for you to look at. And his idea here is that there are those times when we are in the process of doing what is typically called work. Although for many of us, it doesn't quite feel like work when we experience flow because it's that thing where we lose all track of time. We are so into what we are doing. It is like I imagine some people feel when they're conducting an orchestra and just completely lost in the music and lost in the beauty of the moment. And I sometimes feel that way. In fact, often I feel that way when I'm teaching, although I don't literally keep, lose track of time because I always make sure I have a clock there or some indicator of what time my poor students would be, uh, <laughs> this class is taking five hours. But it is, I there is that moment of just sheer joy in what I'm experiencing. And it isn't that calmness that you talked about. It's more that passion that I think of it. So you might just want to look into what he has to say about flow. And of course, the goal here would be that whatever it is we do for our vocations, that we get to experience that feeling of flow as much as possible. And then as leaders, that we are cultivating that in others, and we are crafting our organizational design such that we have people in positions where we're able to maximize their things that, that cause them to experience flow. I hadn't even thought about flow. What a great recommendation. I'd, I'd recommend that as well. And, and another author that that really came to mind for me, Maurice, when you started talking, and this is a little bit out of the leadership realm, but it, it, it speaks to the kinds of things you're wondering about. And I've read many of Wayne Dyer's books over the years, and uh, two of his books called Real Magic and The Power of Intention would certainly be areas that if you want to explore this more, I think will get you thinking as just far as other ways to do that. There's also a book called Power Versus Force by David Hawkins, which is kind of looks at some of the elements of energy and communication. I've got that book on my bookshelf. Uh, it's a difficult book. I, I have not made it all the way through it. But if you're really into kind of getting into some of the, not only the, the um, theoretical pieces, but also some of the science behind that, I think that that could be a good practical uh, place to look as well too. And then I think the only other thing that I'd recommend here is I liked what Tom Henschel said on episode 190 when we talked about coaching. Uh, to go with, with what you just said a few minutes ago, Bonnie, you know, there's a, 
there's an element of energy and human relationships. And then there's also like the practical reality of the workplace and showing up and meeting people where they are and, and needing to show up with a certain level of energy. And I thought that Tom really did a nice job in that episode of talking about, and in fact, he used the analogy of his daughter and, and his daughter's um, gift of working with animals in that episode. But then he also had this really great way of framing it in like the, yeah, this is really hard to do in corporate America and in the workplace. Like that, that reality of like, this is, this is not easy. The, the coaching while trying to also achieve numbers and to help people drive toward performance is a really challenging things to balance. And I think that, I don't know if there's a specific answer in that episode for you, Maurice, but I think that if you haven't listened to that one before, it'll again get you thinking on a lot of different perspectives of that. And this is all also making me think of your mom, Bonnie, who was on episode... Uh, not not Maurice's mom. Not Maurice's mom. No, uh, Bonnie's <laughs> mom, actually. Bonnie's mom, who is one of the wisest people that we know, uh, was on this show way, way, one of the early episodes, just one of my favorites, episode 25. And the reason I'm thinking about it is because uh, she runs a search and rescue organization and they work with search dogs. And that episode was titled What Search Dogs Can Teach You About Engagement. And it just kind of gets to some of the biological realities of being human and being an animal that I thought was really interesting and helpful. So if you'd like to hear Bonnie's mom's wisdom, but also just kind of your uh, reference to the dog whisperer made me think of that too. So there you go. There's there's a whole bunch of different directions you can go. I hope that gets you started, Maurice, and in uh, being helpful. Let's uh, go on to the next question here, and that is from Lisa. Lisa says, "Thank you for the Coaching for Leaders podcast. They've helped me get my first manager role, which I'll start in January 2016, which it is. Congratulations, Lisa. I have a question, which I hope uh, you might be able to assist with." The team leader who I will be reporting to was speaking at our Christmas party about how the work we do just isn't really a worthwhile job. (laughs) No. And while you are on your deathbed, you aren't going to be thinking about it. For background, we deal with legal claims against a government agency. The fact that he holds that view isn't great, but I think sharing it with your team is just plain wrong. I want team members to know that they do important work, which is worth being passionate about. How do you recommend dealing with this attitude in the most professional way? First thought that I have is, oh, as Dave couldn't even get through the message without saying, that is tough. That is tough to have someone with that kind of a perspective. I really appreciate you writing in with the question. So I certainly don't want to start wordsmithing you. But one of the things I always try to be cautious with in my own language is this framing things as in right or wrong. I happen to think that your manager is wrong in the sense of that that's not an ideal way to think, but not wrong as in that that is how he feels. He has decided to express how he feels about the work that your team does. And in my mind, I tried, because when I, when I frame things as right or wrong, then that conversation that I'm going to have with that person is, well, in that case, I'm right and you are wrong. And it's hard to get anywhere when I'm so convinced that I'm right and the other person is wrong. So instead, it's just a different perspective. And one of the things that always helps me is to think about the burden 
of that different perspective. And and so when I first read your message, because I trained myself, it is again, it's not easy for me to do either. But I've, I've really worked at training myself that it's not wrong. It's just hard. And I think, gosh, that would be really hard to work that way. It would be hard because you would have to compartmentalize yourself between the work that you did. And then I would hope with your family that you experience some real meaning and significance, at least somewhere in your life. But I suppose it's even possible that he doesn't even experience that sense of meaning outside of work either if he doesn't, because we spend so many hours working. And what I could do by reframing it that way is to be able to prepare myself for a conversation where I can have some empathy and try to envision what it might feel like to do work I thought was meaningless, to do work that I thought when I got to my deathbed would be, have meant nothing to anyone on this world, and just the burden that that is, and especially then the burden to try to lead other people. People are so complex, they just rarely do what I tell them to do, (laughs) and what I think they should do, (laughs) and they just don't follow instructions, especially if I don't communicate them very well. Just, just, That's the way that I would first try to get myself so that I could get my mindset right is that it's not plain wrong. It's just plain hard and how difficult that that would be. Then there's the reality of the fact that this person does supervise you. And we do need to, and you alluded to this, we do need to make sure that we're very respectful to the other person while still maintaining our own sense of leadership. I might want to speak to him individually. This is completely in private. This would never be appropriate in public, but say, gosh, I'd like to just bend your ear a little bit. During our last meeting, you said this. Could we, could you tell me a little bit more about that? And could you tell me if this was something that you had planned on saying this was part of your planned comments or was it just something that came out? Was there something that you were hoping to achieve and and maybe what was your goal behind that? And if it turns out that there really was some, if he's got some management approach where he feels like it's it's just really helpful to do this and and I would want to go, well, tell me more about how this is helpful to do this. But most likely it's probably he wasn't really thinking. And then he just let it out because that's how he feels about work. So he just hadn't really planned too many comments. And, and this just sort of slipped out. It doesn't mean that's an excuse to do it, but that's most likely that, that that's why he decided to say it at that time. But I would want to make sure by asking some questions and things and then talk about, gosh, would you be open to hearing how I see the the points of meaning that I find in the work that I do? And, and do you ever see that? And and do you think it might be important for us to have people just try it? It would be really hard to have this conversation be authentic and not seem like it's all trying to manipulate him to get to a place that I've already designed. So you'd have to really consider your level of trust. You'd have to consider what the cost was to you potentially if it didn't go like you wanted it to. But the the other thing I guess I would just say is I think that sometimes we place too much emphasis on the things that are said in those big meetings. Cause think about the kind of impact you could have if you just one-on-one started to without saying, remember when he said that? Yeah. Well, let me put a contract. Just that, forget that, that, that pretend that that had never happened and just go start talking to people in those one-on-one conversations about, wow, 
you know, it's amazing. You think, I know you worked really hard to get this to happen. Now, now think about this. Isn't that great that you were able to get this done and what that might mean for this stakeholder or what that might be able to do for even this individual. If you're talking about I don't know if you're dealing with just data at large, or if you're dealing with specifics, situ- it looks like, oh yeah, legal claims. Of course you'd be dealing with specific situations. So yeah, that, that would be another way that you could go about having your influence more in the one-on-one conversations that you had. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking along some of the same lines, Bonnie, you know, legal claims for a government agency. There are absolutely people's lives who your organization changes in the, for the better. I mean, every governor, government agency, it doesn't matter how good they are, makes mistakes and, and goes through litigation. And so you could be, without even maybe saying anything officially, you just start to be the person in your organization and your team who points out the success stories and talks about those and shares those with the people you have the privilege to influence. And it, it was so, as you were talking about it, I was thinking about this in the context of a holiday party. And, you know, I almost wonder, I mean, it's so unusual for someone to say something like that. And obviously it didn't, wasn't said well, and it didn't land well. I almost wonder if, of course, cause I know, cause it's, I'm like three steps removed from the situation, but I almost wonder if like, maybe, you know, we hear this term, like you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to spend more hours at the office when you're on your deathbed, that kind of thing. I almost wonder if maybe in some way he was trying to convey that, you know, he recognizes the importance of of work-life balance and not taking work too seriously. And it just came off in completely the wrong way or someone had an extra drink or you just never know. And I, I, that's why I really like your your framing of it, of, of if you do choose to engage in a conversation about it with him, which of course you'll have to decide to do, uh, and Bonnie did a good job of pointing out that the trust pieces they're involved. I'm just asking questions of starting off of like, you know, what was intent, you know, wh- you know, asking about that. I think that will that will help you to gain some more information about where that came from. And then I think from there you have a clearer path of like, okay, do you go further down that route? And is there an opportunity maybe there to influence a little bit? Or do you realize like, wow, we're really in a different place as far as our values? And if that's the case, you know that's the case. And then maybe you do more of just what you can do on your own as far as, uh, as far as how you respond to that situation. This next question is from Ian. Six months ago, I started a new position and have implemented a fair number of changes to the team to improve performance metrics and customer service. Most initiatives have been well received. We are definitely making progress and everyone is now seeing the benefits. To capitalize on the credibility that this has afforded me, I've begun the next phase of revitalizing the department by conducting monthly goals, coaching sessions with each individual. The point here is to keep them on task with their professional goals, encourage them to develop personal goals, and to continually work with them on time management, team building, and to refine their, quote, why, a topic I was very interested in on episode 223. As part of this process, I want to provide them with some good reading podcasts or other resources for honing these skills, but I've been coming up short. There's no shortage of leadership management books and podcasts, but I'm looking specifically for resources that are geared toward promoting personal and professional development for staff. My normal go-tos for staff reading have been Raving Fans and Gung Ho by Ken Blanchard, but I was looking for more resources to offer my team for professional development. 
Well, Ian, first of all, uh, congratulations on your successes here, and, and and particularly congratulations on spending the time during the one-on-ones to contribute to folks' development, to be thinking about goal setting. I think you're probably already ahead of the game where a lot of leaders are as far as thinking this through and being real real strategic about it. So good for you for thinking that. And I, I, I have thought of a whole bunch of different resources here that we'll mention in a moment. And I'm sure Bonnie has a bunch of resources as well too. But one of the things, and I'm, I'm curious of Bonnie's input on this too. We actually didn't discuss this before the show. So I'm, I'm curious what she thinks. But I think that one way, I think there's a couple of ways you could approach this. I mean, you could give people a whole bunch of different resources and books and podcasts and all that. But since you're already doing the hard part, which is spending the time of putting together the professional development plans, of working with people on goal setting, I think you're probably better off of being a little bit more directive of rather than giving someone like an entire podcast to listen to, or here's a series of books. Since you're spending that time already of talking with them about what skills that they are, you want them to develop or you think will help them in their careers, I, I almost think that this is a place where you can be a little bit more of the person who drives the curriculum, so to speak. I mean, you're almost putting together like a, um, a low-level training program. And so you could have a library of resources, but then you suggest very specific topics or resources to individuals. So for example, rather than suggesting, for example, this show, which wouldn't be relevant necessarily for every episode, you'd pick a specific episode on a specific topic that came out of a specific conversation with that one-on-one and say, here's one resource, here's your assignment for the next week to listen to this. Or rather than reading an entire book, here's a chapter out of a book, you know, and even here's the book maybe, read this chapter before our next meeting. So you can be pretty directive about that. And there's so much that you can do online here. And one of the things I was thinking, Bonnie, is that you could almost put together a professional development system with some of the resources from like lynda.com, or Dale Carnegie. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different places you could pull content from. And rather than just giving you all those, giving all those resources to staff, I would, I would pick out a couple of specific things that's relevant to each person and say, here's one thing, do this first, and then let's talk about it next time. You've done that. Okay, great. And let's talk about that. Does that make sense to you, Bonnie, as a, as a strategy? It does. And I, and I think the only thing I would caution you around that is also to be expecting them to become more able to discover these resources on their own. I'm a big advocate of something called personal knowledge management. It's often abbreviated PKM. And this is just a way of framing things where I am regularly seeking through sources that I grow, I've grown to trust, and I'm regularly making sense of the information that I'm going out and capturing and finding so I can have it make more sense to me. Now I'm curating it. I'm, I'm able to structure things in such a way that in the future, I'll still get value out of them. And then there's the sharing part of it where I'm able to create something new from it that's that I add something to. And then the knowledge becomes even that much more valuable to me and to my professional network. So I would be thinking about integrating something along the lines of personal knowledge management with your team so that it's not always reliant on you to give them the resources, but they're discovering the resources and then sharing them back with you and they're sharing them with each other. And you're just able to create more of a culture of lifelong learning in your organization. Mm, I like that. And we did a show on that maybe about a year, year and a half ago, where we both walked through our systems and it was one of the most shared shows of 2014. So I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. 
Should we mention some content areas that people could potentially go to as far as sources for that? Because I, I think um, what you just mentioned, Bonnie, that that would be like where I'd, l- I'd love to see his organization to get to. I think, Ian, you'll probably need to be a little more directive on the front end because you may or may not have people who are ready for that as far as going out on their own. So you may need to start off and say, okay, here's a place to start. And then as you have some of those conversations, then you start to build that as that next step in your organization of how to get that going. So here are, here are a few places that you might want to go to check out for information. So first of all, you mentioned specifically the topics of personal goals, time management, team building, and refining their why. Uh, as far as refining the why, the episode you mentioned earlier, episode 223, um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, a great book. Uh, he was on the show earlier this month, or last month rather. Um, so Start With Why is a great uh, read. For personal development in general, if you haven't, if you're not already familiar with the framework from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, I'd certainly recommend that as as starting point, and 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 that's even a helpful place to start building a larger conversation around the Seven Habits. Getting Things Done by David Allen is probably the seminal book on time management. Tons of information there. It's there's a lot there in that book, so you might start off by just taking some pieces out of it for people as you're starting to talk about time management. And then as far as team building, Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni is a is a good read. So from a book standpoint, those are things that would be helpful sources of, of starting off with content. One of the things that I think is great about it being 2016 is there's so much information online. Content's really become a commodity. So there's a lot of different places you could look for information online that would either have on-demand learning as far as videos or screencasts or short courses that people can attend. So for example, you might be talking with someone and decide that they need to learn how to delegate better. Well, there's tons of different courses on that online. And so here's a few places you might look. Uh, First and foremost, I would suggest taking a look at lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com. And Lynda used to be really focused around just learning various pieces of software. And that's, in fact, what a lot of people know Linda for. But Linda has expanded tremendously in the last couple of years to have training on all kinds of different things. So they have business topics, they have topics on leadership, they have topics on time management, they have topics on photography. I mean, just about anything you can imagine where you could take an online course on, uh, that's a great starting point. And they can set up a system for you, even if you wanted to get really fancy with it, you could set up a system for your business where you can register for an account and you even have different users and you could have different courses you push out to people. I don't know if you want to get quite to that level, but that's certainly a a place to check out. Um, Dale Carnegie has online training now. So full disclosure, I work with Dale Carnegie. For those of you who are looking for something that's even a step above a Linda where it's a live experience, but it's fairly short, you know, it's an hour or an hour and a half or two hours. Uh, Dale Carnegie online training has tons of different topics that are available and it's not on demand, but it's offered pretty regularly. So that's a place to look. Udemy is another platform that has become fairly popular. That's U-D-E-M-Y. Lots of different courses on Udemy. Unlike the other two I just mentioned, Udemy is more of a clearinghouse. It's a platform where individual authors and contributors and, and instructors can put their classes up there. As a result, the quality of those courses vary a lot more than on the other two platforms. So that's something you may need to do a little looking on your own first to decide what courses are good. But a lot of them are fairly inexpensive, and there's also some wonderful course content up there too. Um, Bonnie, other platforms that you know of or content areas? No? Okay. So the And then as far as podcasts, I have three that just came to the top of my mind when I was reading your question. 
and I've only listened to one of them, but I know of the other two, and I've heard good things about the other two. So one of them is the Productivityist podcast by Mark Mike Vardy. I just recently heard an episode uh, with him on another show, and it that's Productivityist podcast. Mike Vardy, V-A-R-D-Y. He's all about productivity, and I know he approaches it from a real practical standpoint. So that'd be a show to check out from time management standpoint. This Is Your Life by Michael Hyatt is a great just personal development show. This is a good example of why you probably want to do a little curating in advance if you're going to recommend shows to people rather than recommending that show entirely. Michael has a very broad platform, so he'll do a show on Twitter, and then he'll do another show on how to write a book, and then he'll do a show on marriage, and then he'll do a show on how to manage your time in the workplace. So that's pretty broad. I would pick out the episodes that are most relevant for the situations that people are in and recommend those. And then another podcast I've heard of for many years, I've never listened to, and I really should uh, get in touch with these guys, by its Career Tools by Michael Ozane. I hope I'm saying his last name right, and, and Mark Hortzman. Career Tools has come recommended to me many times from folks that I know that have used it successfully. And that's a broad podcast on lots of different career tools that'll help people to be more successful. I think the only other thing I'll mention here is we do have an affiliate relationship with lynda.com. So for those of you who are looking for a platform like Lynda to try out, you can get a 10-day free trial on lynda.com and check out all their courses. If you want to check that out, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash lynda. That's L-Y-N. NDA. Bonnie, anything else to add? No, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone for the great questions and for continuing to contribute to the Coaching for Leaders community. Thank you, as always, to Bonnie. And as we mentioned on the front of the show, the first Monday of the month is always a Q&A show. So we take a look at the questions that have come in from the Coaching for Leaders community over the last month and include those. And that way, we are always involving the entire community in the conversation of this show. And then most of the other episodes during the month are with a guest expert or someone who has something very important for all of us to hear on practical leadership and how we can become more effective leaders. I am a big believer that learning leadership is is not an innate inherited trait. It is something that we all need to learn and learn how to do better. And all of us come with various strengths to the table, but for most of us, many of the skills we develop as leaders are things that we need to learn. And that's why this show airs every single Monday of the year. That's why there's something in every episode that you can take away that'll help you to lead more effectively. So if you haven't already joined in on the show, I hope you will do so. And one way you can get access to some additional resources is to join my weekly leadership guide that comes to your inbox on Wednesdays and includes my writing on what I found and curated as the best articles, podcasts, videos, books, other resources for your development between the shows. Each week I zero in on one theme and I share those resources that I found with you that I think will be of most value to you in your ongoing leadership development between the episodes. And it also includes the weekly show notes. So as you listen each week, or maybe even if you miss an episode here and there, you can still see who was on the show, what the links are, what are the things we recommended. And so that's a great way to get engaged. And if you join that weekly leadership guide, you'll also get instant access to my reader's guide that lists the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others and brief summaries from me on the value of each one of those books. It's an 11-page reader's guide and a nine-minute video that you get 
the minute you join the weekly leadership guide. So if you would like access to all of that, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe, and that will get you started in receiving all that information on Wednesdays when you see the email from me. And then a final reminder, this Thursday, January 7th, 2016, is the very last day that you can get access to the five days to your best year ever course that we are supporting and affiliated with with Michael Hyatt's organization. You've been hearing me talk about it over the last couple of weeks if you've been listening to the recent shows and If you are thinking about, "Eh, maybe I want to do this, I'm not so sure, this is the week to make the decision because Thursday the 7th, it is going to close. And so if you want to just get a peek of what that process looks like, what I'd suggest doing is going to coachingforleaders.com slash life score. That'll allow you to download the assessment that Michael's using in the class and give you a sense of where you land on all these different aspects of life and work. And it just takes you about 10 minutes to do. It'll give you a really clear sense of where the opportunities are for you to map your path forward in 2016. And I'd encourage you to do that. Now, if you've been hearing about the course and you're thinking maybe you just want to go for it and find out all the details, you can go to coachingforleaders.com slash best 2016. That's the way to just get access to the course directly. Again, coachingforleaders.com slash best 2016. And if you do decide to join the course, send me your receipt by email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com because in addition to all the things you get with the course from Michael Hyatt, I'm also hosting a live face-to-face webinar on Saturday, February 6th called Keep the Momentum Going. All of us who are part of the Coaching for Leaders community who are doing the course, including me, are going to get on the webinar that day. We're going to talk about what we've achieved in the first 30 days of the year. And most importantly, we're going to keep each other motivated to keep moving forward. So that's Saturday, February 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Again, if you'd like access to that, join the course and then forward your receipt. Feedback at coachingforleaders.com and you'll get access. Thanks so much. Looking forward to lots of great conversations with you here in 2016. Take care.